for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. welcome you to Living Life. I just want to say on a personal note that this week I'm going to turn another year old. Yes, my family is going to be singing happy birthday to me. I'm turning 59. And I think back when I was 30 years old, I decided that I would do push-ups equal to how old I was. So every time I would take a shower, I'd get down on the ground and do that amount of push-ups. So that means this week I got to add another push-up. On another personal note, I'm going to be celebrating 36 years of full-time ministry. And I share that because in that ministry I've seen various building campaigns. And the reason why I share that is because as we now turn to our Living Life devotional, in the text of Exodus chapter 25, we see that God is going to call the people to a building campaign. He's going to want them to build a portable sanctuary, this tabernacle, and then also to build an ark, the Ark of the Covenant. And so, what a wonderful building campaign, and the people have the materials for it because they uh, got them from the Egyptians when they left Egypt. And it's also going to be done through a free will offering because God even says, like in verse 1, that those whose heart prompts them to give. Well, of course, they could be generous because God is providing for all their needs. Remember, the food is being provided. There's manna in the morning and quail at night. Well, let's take a look now at this passage and see what's happening with this building campaign. Exodus chapter 25 verses 1 through 22. The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. These are the offerings you are to receive from them. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red and another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. Have them make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high, Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out, and make a gold molding around it. Cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet, with two rings on one side and two rings on the other. Then make poles of acacia wood 
and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it. The poles are to remain in the rings of this ark. They are not to be removed. Then put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law which I will give you. Make an atonement cover of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide. And make two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. Make one cherub on one end and the second cherub on the other. Make the cherubim of one piece with the cover at the two ends. The cherubim are to have their wings spread upward, overshadowing the cover with them. The cherubim are to face each other, looking toward the cover. Place the cover on top of the ark and put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law that I will give you. There above the cover between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the covenant law, I will meet with you and give you all my commands for the Israelites. So God has a building campaign for the Israelites out there in the wilderness. And we're going to find out later on that it was actually a very successful campaign. But right now in our text, we see the various things that God wants made. And so in verse 8, we're told, have them make a sanctuary for me. Now this is going to be a portable sanctuary. It's going to be holy and it's going to be set apart. And he says, and I will dwell among them. And so God's going to settle down in their midst and he's going to pitch his tent among them. And so what an amazing thing that this temple, I mean, not a temple, it's actually a tabernacle, that what it's going to be. And Moses is not to be innovative when it comes to the design, for we're told that he's supposed to do it exactly like the pattern that God will show him. And so, yes, he's going to need to be very careful. Moses, that is, have to be very careful that the people build it according to God's plan. Now, he also says in verse 10, have them make an ark. So along with this tabernacle, there's going to be the ark of the covenant. And an ark is like a chest. It's made out of wood, of acacia wood. And the size of the ark, well, it's not very impressive. I mean, the length is going to be a little less than four feet long. And then the width and the height is going to be a little more than two feet. So not very impressive, but the appearance, well, it's going to be spectacular with all of that gold and the cherubim on top and all that's going to be described. Now, in verse 17, we're told that they are to make an atonement cover of pure gold. So there's going to be this like mercy seat, as it's been called, and it's this atonement cover, and also that they're to make two cherubim out of hammered gold. So we're starting to get the instructions of what the people of God are to make. Now this ark, of course, is very special. I mean, in one sense, it is a container, right? It's going to contain things like 
the two tablets of the Ten Commandments. Well, that's very important. But even more important is that it's a sign of our Lord. Because think about it. It's like a sign of the presence of God, right? That this ark, it's like where it goes. That's like God saying, I am there with you. And it's a physical, tangible presence that the people of God could see and to know that God is with them. Well, our Lord came in the flesh and dwelt among us, right? He tabernacled among us. He came into our neighborhood. And so, yes, this ark is a great sign of our Lord. It points to our Lord. Another way that it does that is just the ark is like the revelation of God. We're told in verse 22, the very last verse, I will meet with you and give you all my commands for the Israelites. And so it's like that's where God is going to speak from. Well, when it comes to our Lord, we know that he is the very word of God and the word of God became flesh. And so what a wonderful sign way back in the Old Testament with this ark that God was going to be providing his presence and his revelation through his son, Jesus. But it goes beyond that because it's also about atonement. Because this ark and the cover on it and all that's there would be very important on the day of atonement. And blood would be shed and it would be poured over that cover and on the ark. But of course, that had to be done year after year. But with our Lord, it now is no longer necessary, right? We don't need to be looking for the Ark of the Covenant that might be lost. We need, as lost people, to look to the Lord because it's in Him that we find redemption, right? He said that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And so it's through our Lord that we find deliverance, that we're reconciled to God the Father. So back in the wilderness, at the beginning of this building campaign, there would be the tabernacle, God's presence, and there'd be this ark. And we're just so thankful that we have now the real, right? We have the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's keep close to him and let's do so to God's glory and our joy. As we close our Living Life devotion today and we've looked at Exodus chapter 25 and to see that there is now going to be this building campaign that God wants for the people of God there in the wilderness to be a part of. And yes, it was voluntary, but we know that it was a very successful campaign. But you know, when we think about the tabernacle and especially the Ark of the Covenant, 
we're so thankful that Jesus's atoning work on Calvary's cross, that was successful. So, wow, we are very thankful for how our Lord loves us and cares for us and would be willing to come into our presence and he would bring the word of God to us and that he would have this finished work on Calvary's cross so that we might be redeemed and declared righteous and forgiven and that we're reconciled to God the Father. Our relationship with him is restored. So, oh, we are so thankful for the success of the cross of Christ. Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, today as we've turned to your holy word and looked at Exodus chapter 25, we're so thankful for the way that you are at work in the people's lives there in the wilderness. And we thank you, Lord, how you are now still with your people. And so we thank you that in Christ, that we have your presence and that in Christ, we have your forgiveness. And so, Lord, I pray that we would embrace that great truth that we can be clothed in Christ's righteousness. We thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. For a single soul, lifting your world as the pig in prosa, see Jesus.